Welcome to Buffy Virgin, a spoiler-free Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. We're going to be objecting to this union because it's season 6, episode 16, Hell's Bells. I'm your host, cartoonist Dennis St. John, and this is the rest of the crew. Why don't you guys introduce yourself with the gift that you're bringing to the wedding? Uh, hi, my name is John, and uh, you know I am knowing myself. I am probably bringing the cheapest thing on the registry. It's nice I'm- that you use the registry, John. Okay. My name is Travis, and... What I would do is bring a sack, like a burlap sack, that will come back later, full of coins, right? Because I know that Anya would just enjoy holding a sack full of money. <laughs> and because most weddings, that you, you bring money anyways, right? Yeah. Like uh, my name's Michael. Um, I'm the virgin. I've only seen up to season six, episode 16, uh, Hell's Bells. And I would bring uh, cash. So if your family... There's slightly more cash, but if you're not family, it's like at least $200 cash in an envelope. I, I, you know, I feel uncomfortable spending more money than that unless you're family, in which case you're allowed to do something uh, really crazy and make a gesture that you shouldn't have. All right. I'm learning a lot of wedding etiquette from you guys. <laughs> and it's only going to get uh, better. But first, we're going to go back and do reactions. Audience reactions to tabula rasa i'm gonna fuck this up again but uh i want to glitch says i love when american people try to read my surname yeah i don't i don't know i'm sorry <laughs> please tell me how to pronounce it give us a country of origin give us give us something give us a phonetic pronunciation <laughs> uh john why don't you or no mike why don't you read the next one Agar Queen says, still the same intro? Ha 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 Yeah, maybe we should change the intro. Yeah. Maybe the intro's already changed by the time this podcast goes out. And I think oh, that should be, is that that should our be pronounced... That's our intro. I see. I think it should be pronounced Agar. Agar Queen, because Agar is a scientific term. Uh, I would have pronounced it Hagar, Agar also, like Hagar the Horrible. Andy Gerber says, I always assume that since Giles called the magic... Uh, called magic bullshit two minutes prior that his how progressive of me statement was just about him owning a magic shop not about him owning it with a woman uh i disagree on this read of the joke but uh you know i suppose you can read the text any way you want yeah uh yeah somebody else uh, agreed with andy uh and i think that's interesting because that's definitely not how i read it there are people who will never admit there's any faults in giles and as we've learned as we go on in the series, we are not those people. <laughs> At Dingo Action says, yay, Maya. Which, we all say yay, Maya. Yes, we could not agree more. Let's do reactions for Season 6, Episode 15, As You Were. Uh, G. Thatcher, Grant Thatcher says, As You Were is writer fan fiction. They really love the Riley Finn character, even if the audience despised him. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, is that fan fiction. They do. Yeah, they totally do. I like the idea of writer fan fiction, which is great, because that's just fiction. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know know what Thatcher means, but... uh... But uh, that's that's a that's an excellent. I've never heard anyone refer to something as writer fan fiction. That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, they move the character along so much. It's in the world of fan fiction, and he has no time to explain. I mean, it's it's great. So Silver One says, "So Spike never had layers." Dear God, were we even watching the same show? William was William was educated, and when Spike turned up in season four, he immediately used the college computer. 
to track Buffy down, so he's not that dim. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I, I re-listened to this. I listened to this episode, and we talk a lot about Spike and all the variations of Spike. We, you know, we also say Spike doesn't have layers, but we also say complicated you know, a lot of layers. Spike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he is a dummy. So there. <laughs> Spike. I mean, like I suppose, like any fictional character is whatever the story needs him to be at the time. He's, yeah. he's 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 despicable and evil, or he's cute and cuddly, depending on the needs of the story in the moment. Rich at Dingo Action says, did you ever figure out what made Travis sound like Jigsaw? <laughs> and no, we did not. Sadly enough, no, we did not. It hasn't happened since. No. It was just a glitch in the, glitch in the Matrix, right? <laughs> And uh, what, Travis, why don't you also read these next ones? Okay, yeah. Aaron, uh, Aaron Broderick says, just now getting to listen to As You Were, and I'm so impressed with the correct pronunciation of my last name. Uh, clap emoji. Well, I hope I, hope I didn't screw that up there. Travis's random voice alteration. All I could hear in my head was Vincent D'Onofrio saying, I need sugar and water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that we have not, like, clipped that 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 time when I was talking about liver, although that's like super weird, scary voice talking about liver. Feel free to clip that. Uh, at Chelsea Rose uh, Howard, I think is a new listener, um, and said, I like your podcast a lot. It's interesting seeing Buffy being discussed from a male's perspective. And then um, added me individually and said, I love the chemistry you and your friends have on the Buffy Virgin podcast. You can tell that you three are best friends. And that's super Which three. There's and that's super <laughs> awesome. And I feel so awkward for John. Uh, oh, you must have been missing. Whatever friend was missing that day, it's like no, 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 no. Thank you, Chelsea. You you get this podcast. Yeah, you thank get you. exactly what nice. this podcast is about. Yeah, not about Buffy at all. <laughs> uh, it's you know fifty to fifty percent about Buffy. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's find out what Hell's Bells is about and listen to the summary. The Summary We are gathered here today to celebrate the union of one vengeance demon and one horny human male. Does anyone in the crowd who's not wearing a cape have an objection? Before the ghost of Xander's future arrives, the biggest issue we're dealing with is Xander's dad, who's drunk and holding court, and thankfully, Buffy takes him aside. So, another old man claiming to be Xander from the future can show up a crystal ball. Xander can't help himself. He glimpses inside, sees his horrible future life with Anya and her kids, that possibly ends with him murdering Anya. And sure, there's some confusing details. Xander has brown eyes, future Xander has blue eyes, but it's enough to get Xan the man thinking, and so he walks away. Buffy and Don stall for time, Anya freaks out, and a saloon-sized brawl between the bride and the groom size of the wedding takes place. And Xander Harris of the future? Well, he's just a demon that Anya cursed, who got his revenge by showing Xander false images of his future. The real winner here is Tahofren, who offers Anya her old job back as a vengeance demon. Alright. Let's go into Great Lines. Great Lines. Well, this line got me, guys. Anya in her wedding dress, 
I get to marry my best friend. I mean, that's it. That's so wonderful. Except she doesn't. Um, hey, you took it away already. Hey. Sorry. <laughs> I enjoyed uh, Buffy saying to Xander, you're one of the decent ones, Xander. Which, you know, depending on how you look at it, it shows how much Xander has grown or just shows how much uh, the show is willing to ignore how much Xander has not grown. <laughs> I mean, also, that's I, such a great setup for just what happens immediately afterwards, right? I mean, yeah. Xander immediately comes on to Buffy. It's so good. <laughs> I really feel like we learned this episode, though, like just how good Xander is compared compared to his upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I liked when Willow was talking with Buffy in the beginning. They're wearing these what I thought were very fetching uh, green bridesmaids dresses. And she goes, well, maybe if I ask Anya, I could still go with the traditional blood larva and burlap <laughs> instead of her dress, which dress is fine. Uh, I like the end sum up by Buffy. They were supposed to be my light at the end of the tunnel. Guess they were a train. <laughs> That's taking the metaphor. Like, it's caking it right there. All right, the kill count. The kill count. So we have one fake future murder. One, murder of a demon-slash-former-human philanderer. Two, broken hearts. One coffee machine is called out. And one huge, crazy brawl. So that's what we got. Let's move on to Weird Noticings Trivia. Weird Noticings. Can we, can we just call those saloon brawls when they're, yeah. like, just <laughs> yeah. full-on... Everyone fights everybody. <laughs> everybody pick a partner and punch. <laughs> Dude. Everybody thinks the monsters are circus folk. I don't know how this lie came up and who is perpetuating it, but it bothers me, first of all, that they have to lie that demons exist, of course, because normie parents won't accept it. But then also, like, just how how triggery that's got to be for the demons who have to, like, grudgingly accept this thing like this is just it's a bad lie to have to sustain for an entire wedding and i think it contributes to the just complete chaos the saloon brawl that takes place i just this lie when it comes up i'm like oh man this so it's this this is the story of the wedding it's a secret demon wedding trying to hide the weird demon people Ugh. I it, like that it, the demons are patient enough, though, to even attempt it. They're like, all right, I'll play around with being circus folk for two days. <laughs> yeah, they have to be so tolerant. Like, everyone has to have Clem-level patience to pull this off. Clem and level you know what? Patience. They don't. They don't. They don't at all. <laughs> um, I have a Zoom in and Enhance to talk about. Uh, so uh, if you look at the bottom of the dock, that is a composite image that I photoshopped together from three different shots. So you can see all of Xander's whiteboard. Uh, or Zanya and Anya's whiteboard, I should say. Um, this uh, not the clearest picture, so you can't make out all the writing, but there's some interesting things on there. Um, somebody wrote, Matt was here. So they have a friend named Matt. I bet Matt wrote that. Yeah, and somebody wrote, don't forget to surf with three exclamation points, <laughs> which I think is interesting because we have noticed that Xander owns a surfboard. And when we first see Xander at the beginning, he is skateboarding. So do you think it's possible 
that Xander has a surfing hobby that we just is just completely off screen? Uh, anything's possible. We know he bowls. Yeah. We've never seen that. Yep. Uh, there's a note to call Buffy with an exclamation point and a little star burst coming out of it. Um, it says Eddie called. Um, there's a note to speak to YOTF about something that he once built. That's pretty exciting. Uh, somebody wrote the Dead Kennedys logo. Uh, I think it says speaker about speaker he once built. Yeah, maybe. I was thinking maybe. that. Do you think, yeah, somebody wants Sander because he's a carpenter to build a speaker cabinet? Maybe. All kinds of really exciting uh Sort of uh, extra stories that you can just that, make up. Say about. UFO something. There's all kinds of things I can't make out on there. Yeah, there's like a drawing of a spider. Yeah, that one's. What about it says Man United, which is a football team. Oh yeah, I, I guess maybe, that is what that maybe, is. Maybe, maybe, could be. I mean, the weirdest is Xander's name misspelled in the middle of the board. Yeah, it says Oh God, Xander with a Z instead of an X. So somebody who doesn't know Xander that well wrote that on his board. Yeah, I just was in a workshop where my name was misspelled the entire week. Sometimes you got to roll with it when you got a weird spelled name. <laughs> the roast from um, hell. The only thing I would also add to this is that in the same scene, you can see uh, Xander's uh, refrigerator and all the things on his refrigerator. And there's some really nice pictures of just the gang from different different stages of their youth. But then also Xander has cut out a picture of a Game Boy from a catalog and stuck that to his refrigerator as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah boy so uh there you go zoom in and enhance thank you we started off early with the zoom in and enhance this week all right time for some complaints about some of these characters um <laughs> guys this is triggery and please let's never have this character again the character that is fat so she can't afford to be picky and would uh be into dating a circus person i think she said she w- can't afford to be picky because she has a kid right she does say that, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's not what I heard visually. Um, <laughs> anyway, then it's just a slight, ex- you know, just so you don't get completely grossed out and puke variation on that joke. Anyway, and uh, uh, I, she's wearing Xander's cufflinks, which is disgusting. As an earring. I mean, this lady does <laughs> not have a lot going on. Those are pretty big uh, gauges that she must have in her ears then. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I said, yeah. Uh, and then Uncle Rory is pretty rad. He's like a fun, charming character. I want Rory to be Xander's real dad. And clearly, <laughs> like, the, I think the intent is that Rory is, like, kind of more of a father figure to Xander than uh, Tony, whatever, you know? Oh, that's so, like, That's why he always brings him up. Yeah. I mean, I get why he brings him up, because let's go through what we hear Rory say during this episode. He cl- All right. So this is claims and stories. Uh, he invented Velcro. <laughs> He's dating one of the caterers. He's a professional taxidermist. Uh, he has some sort of proposition for the photographer. Some money-making scheme, I imagine. Uh, he once pranked one of Carol's weddings and it involved an ape suit. So, like, <laughs> I see why Xander brings up his uncle so often. Because, like, I have... There's got to be just a lot of Uncle Rory stories that connect with what's going on. Because he's got, like, he's a wacky guy. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Doesn't make him not a nightmare of a human being. It just <laughs> makes him, like, easy to bring up. <laughs> I like the guy who's at, you know, you're at uh, someone else's house and you can't get the coffee maker to work. So you immediately try to take it apart and fix it right then and there. <laughs> John, that's you. <laughs> I know. That's, yeah, that's true. That is me a bit. I, oh, shit. I mean, the... I mean, he's removing his hand from the machine where he's going to electrocute it. Like, also, Xander sees it a mile away that this is what's about to happen. <laughs> like, 
I know what else sees that that's even a remote possibility <laughs> that Rory's going to get electrocuted. It's also like, like now we just don't have a coffee maker. Like, also, all, right. all those people are local except for the demons, but all these humans are staying at Xander's apartment. Like, Uncle Rory is staying there, Aunt Carol and the kid are there eating breakfast. And I, I don't know why, I know where the demons are there, but it's like these other people live in town. <laughs> What can we while we're talking about Rory, one more thing. I think like he's like a Rodney Dangerfield light, right? Like just the acting style. Like I was totally getting triggered by what I imagine, you know, Rodney Dangerfield, one of those like was it back to school or yeah. what, what's his movie he's in? Yeah, anyway, back to school. Yeah, so like Rodney Dangerfield in one of his few uh starring comedy roles, just like the delivery style, everything. But just like a younger, uh slightly more affable, um, but like just that odd confidence and the weirdo sense of humor yeah you gotta have so much odd confidence to just be like see a caterer and be like you're my date now (laughs) (laughs) let me introduce you to the fam all right so this is just me feeling this but uh those green bridesmaid dresses made me think that they were gonna have a leprechaun wedding and like i just they were very triggery and i loved the uh, this is now feeling out of place but the uh willow and buffy comments about the dresses like those are so funny i mean it's just such an absurd uh color choice but like you can't upstage the bride okay that's the most important thing so all that matters just can't look as good as anya and you know and willow and buffy are good looking so you got to really take them down okay so (laughs) whether that means they wear a blanket i don't know (laughs) burlap sack yeah (laughs) it is nice of the hoffman to show up i don't you don't necessarily expect him to um I notice he has zero scenes this episode with Willow. Kind of interesting. Mm. I, I love that tentacle work from uh, from the gift. Like, it's not it's not CG, right, guys? No, I think it's just a little puppet. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's thing. so amazing. Like, oh my god, CG does not age, but that aged perfectly. It it was great. And uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's charming. So charming. A little bit of trivia. Uh, so uh, Spike's date that he uh, picked up with the local Hot Topic, um, who almost doesn't Ooh. have any lines, which is mm-hmm. a bit rude. She has no name. No one ever says her name. She's just Spike's date, which is really horrible all through the whole episode. Everyone's like, ah, oh, it's Spike's date. And Spike's is like, this is my date. <laughs> um, but in the credits, she's credited as Tarantula. <laughs> Tarantula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Spike knows how to pick them. Uh, Tara, Tara Angela. <laughs> <laughs> so just never stare at a glowing crystal. That's just Sunnydale common sense. Um, Come on, you couldn't resist. Hey, I need to show you something. Come here. Glowing crystal. There's no way. I got important news for you, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If I grew up in Sunnydale, I think I'd be I'd, I'd be better at this than I am in real life. I'd be like... A crystal that contains somebody's soul or some crazy shit. Oh my god. I don't know. I'm Buffy st- gets really excited when she finds the Dagon Sphere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People love glowing shit on this. Very rarely does it end well. True. Uh, but let's talk about Xander's... Speaking of not ending well, let's talk about Xander's vision for a minute. Yes, let's. <laughs> I mean, it's the central... It's the turning point of the episode. It's a big thing. I think we both just wrote down kind of funny observations from it instead of the yeah, like, dark I mean, takeaway. I mean, yeah. So one thing I noticed is that uh, 
as they travel into the future, like their furniture taste remains solidly sort of mid-century, which is really interesting. Like they yeah, always if, have this cool vintage furniture. If anything, think, it goes back in time. Yeah, yeah. I think it's meant to emphasize the honeymooners vibe of their of their marriage. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's also uh, but, kind of a clue that these are constructed images. Right. This isn't like really taking place in the in whatever future year. Makes sense. Right. So it's three scenes, right? The first scene, Xander's watching sports and I guess has been his back destroyed in some Buffy related incident, which feels like actually inevitable that it will get. <laughs> I mean, you were only young for so long, right? We, th- we thought getting a scar was bad, but when you get a, when you get a, a, an injured back, that's much worse. It does feel inevitable that the Scooby gang's going to go till it can't go no more. And then they have to recruit from a high school again or something. But, oh, no. uh, but yeah, Xander's in trouble. And then, like, of course, this when the scene ends, she's like, I'm going to do this makeover thing to make us some money because. And Xander's like, I hope you crash and die. <laughs> like, all right, things are off a bad track. And then it's like, two more scenes of the future. Yeah. So apparently Xander's kids have been fighting for their entire lives. Like, right. And it's, it's the son attacking the daughter constantly for like 15 years. It's awful. It's so mean to just be like, like, that's all we see is like, haha, you're a demon. Cause his daughter, Sarah is clearly Clem's child. Uh, <laughs> Clem, those are Clem ears. If ever I've seen them. I mean, Anya could do a lot worse. Yeah. Clem's a great guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I really wanted to rewrite the scene at the Italian restaurant. Sarah's like, you know, I don't eat meat, right? Like, like she's upset that there's nothing vegetarian. I wanted to rewrite it of like, I don't even meat, not even, not even kittens anymore. <laughs> and then it, the, the last scene ends with uh, Xander apparently about to murder Anya. So it ends yeah. with her death. He's yeah. just going to save her life, guys, by not getting involved. I feel like that's yeah, I mean, the insane thing that's not even acknowledged in the rest of the episode. Like, yeah. future Xander is just like, I showed him terrible visions. Like, I showed him you being awful. And, like, Xander is later like, like I can't be like my parents. But he's not like, I murdered you in the dream, and I thought it was real. Like, Do you do think you really? he murders her? Because he, like, throws a, a frying pan in her direction, and then it cuts. Right? So we don't know if it lands, if uh, she gets out of the way. You know, like, I don't think throwing a frying pan at somebody is always going to be enough to murder them. I didn't think there was a throw. I thought it was um, a hit. Yeah, it looked like it's. Oh, is it? Okay. I think that's enough to murder an old lady. I mean, yeah. He's a strong boy. I mean, I'm not defending Xander in any way. <laughs> just Would a frying pan murder someone is your question. Yeah. Right? And physically. I think the answer is maybe. I just feel like it's, it's, it's a dice a roll. Right. It, yeah, it's maybe. Yeah, it's, it's a dice roll. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm just saying, like. It definitely can. If Xander thinks that he is actually capable of murdering his bride, right? Like, then that is a major reason to not get married. Yes, um, and that means he really needs to work on some of his shit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're in Sunnydale. You know, magic is crazy. Like, I feel like if I knew, if I saw a vision like that, I might be like a little suspicious of it. Right? My ex is a de- vengeance demon. It's got to be a lot of but people. But I think that you know the, the the point of it though is that the reason yeah. maybe he doesn't question it, and the reason that he's even when he knows it's fake, he still leaves, is because there's something emotionally true about it. There's something that rings true about that, or speaks yeah. to a fear that he has. Um, yeah, if he really didn't, that's what I'm saying. If he didn't think he was capable of that, that wouldn't have affected him so much. Yeah. 
apropos of nothing, uh, the uh, um, changing the subject, the uh, the guy who plays old Xander is George D. Wallace, who Dennis, I don't know if you know who he is. Do you No. But guess what? He, guess what he has in his list of credits this is amazing. Uh, well, is it an episode of X-Files? Be- it's so much better. He is one of the uh, rocket men in Radar Men from the Moon. Oh, whoa. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He's been awesome. Commander Cody. Or I don't think he's them. Commander Cody. I think he's one of his sidekicks or whatever. But That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? That is a nice little callback. If you've never seen the uh, 1930s or 40s or whatever it is, serial. Let's add that to the Rex. Yeah. Radar man from the moon. He's oh, no, sorry. He is, sorry. He is Commando Cody, just to be clear. Sorry. He is Commando Cody. That's, that's in important. Forbidden right. Planet. That's way more exciting. Oh, he's in Forbidden Planet. Shit. Oh, damn. That's also awesome. I'd miss that. What is he in, what is he in that? He's the planet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh wait, I'm, maybe I'm confused, guys. Sorry, he's got some l- relationship with that thing, but I, oh, okay. it, it might be just in that world of sci-fi, '50s sci-fi. I'll just cut that comment. It said stage next to his Wikipedia. I'm like, oh, so there's a staged version? I don't even. Of course, there's a staged version of a '50s sci-fi movie. Oh no, it, it, it shows on his uh, Wikipedia page that he was a bosun in Forbidden Planet. Oh okay, so bosun. Is he the guy who like gives the robot alcohol? I don't think that's so. That's a fun character. That is a fun character. Well, uh, that's what a, a bosun does. Watch they man- planet. <laughs> the bosun manages supplies. Oh yeah, that would be the guy. Huh. So it might it might be him if, if that's if that's what it. Well, I'll recognize him only as Xander's future self. <laughs> hey, uh, sex poodle. Um, this is just <laughs> a funny comment that um, Anya makes in her fictional vows that she keeps changing and by the way this is so stressful to me the idea that you're gonna just like on the fly do a vow and also (laughs) that you're like kind of just just trying things out with your friends like this is crazy you got to have that stuff locked down and also not day of anyone involved like that has got to be so stressful why would you do that to yourself come on the essay (laughs) is due weeks ago not today don't get it done today uh the sex poodle thing is really funny though and i (laughs) the vulnerability of whatever that is um love it it's a good giggle. Uh, Xander has the opportunity to talk to Willow before running off, and he doesn't take it. And I just, this is just one of those things where I'm like, they've been through so much. Like, they know so much crazy stuff. I mean, emotionally, I know why, but like, like logistically, why don't you tell Willow what just happened? You're like, I just had this crazy vision from a future me. Yeah. Can we talk about it for a minute? You know, just talk. That's all I'm saying, man. So Tony, right? Let's just talk about Tony for a bit. So that's Xander's uh, dad, who I think we're meeting for the first time. You know, we've certainly heard him and uh, his mom fighting, I guess, back when Mm -hmm. Xander lived at home. Gosh, the characterization of dad is just like this evil alcoholic who like just getting (laughs) just trashed and like, but also so cruel and mean to people, really just holding court and owning the entire wedding, the room. I mean, really just a bizarre character that, like, is just an angry, evil... I don't know, I'm just surprised at the characterization. It feels so over-the-top and intense. This person has no respect for anyone there or for even the wedding or the process, right? Just, like, it's all about how he thinks and his prejudices and frustration. Like, yeah, what a... Yeah. I mean, I guess this is a Honeymooners character brought to 
you know, center stage. I mean, it makes sense in the storytelling to put it center stage because you're like, hey, this is what you become. But like, it's such a caricature and Xander is such a more interesting character than this that like, it's kind of the fact that there isn't like a soul to this character that Tony just feels so flat, I think really kills this episode because like, I think if they brought a little bit more to Tony, like a little more pathos or just something like, I, I just don't care about him at all. Like from moment one, there's nothing redeeming about him. He's like suspicious and hateful of the circus people immediately. Like there's a scene, for instance, where Rory, I think, and another relative are talking about like how everybody's into this cult, you know, thing. And like, they're having this conversation about the, oh, the traditional ways, right? Like there's this funny kind of like meta commentary about demonic religions, right? Like that would be kind of interesting to go to, but like Tony can never go there to those kinds of conversations. Cause he's just incapable of even listening to anyone. I just want Tony to be a little bit deeper little bit more going on just like so i care about tony but i don't care about tony he's cruel to his wife and cruel to everyone i don't know if you gotta care about every character right like some characters are just heels right yeah i know that's i think it's okay for some characters to be heels but i think that uh just the portrayal of xander's family is very one-dimensional like there's literally nothing redeeming in any single one of them as far as we can tell and uh, the harrises are what is it the harrises are very open-minded they're episcopalians (laughs) (laughs) it it would be nice if there was at least some kind of dimension to them i i I agree but i mean within the limits of this episode if we're only going to see them in this episode i mean there's not time to do more Uh, i mean just give tony one moment alone with xander to be like hey dude I think this is great. I'm so proud of you. Like something like that. And then yeah. just to go be an alcoholic wreck. Yeah. <laughs> go hit on his f- best friend since high school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, why isn't Halfrick with the other bridesmaids? She's clearly in a bridesmaid's dress, but she's yeah. sitting uh, She's sitting down instead of going to help. What's going on? I don't know weddings that well. Is this an organizational disaster? Did Hallie not get the info? Yeah, that's a good call. Um for that matter, why is Clem seated on the groom's side? Because <laughs> he's Andrew's friend. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what that, that's what that's the amazing backstory I want to hear, right? Is like because we know we know we know Clem because he's Spike's friend. So apparently, I bet after that birthday party, they got along really well at that long birthday party, and then they hung out a couple times since then. I really that's like my... that idea. I really I really <laughs> like the idea of the Xander Clem uh, hangout episode but, that we don't get. But, you know, that's all over now that he knows Anya uh, favors Clem. That's true. That friendship is done. Ooh, that and that adds another spicy dimension to the fact that Anya cheats with Clem in this f- fake future. Yeah. With his own demon friend. <laughs> uh, I just love the scene with Don and the other teen demon just hanging out. Yeah. Just like shooting it, talking about how crappy everybody is. Like <laughs> that's awesome. I want to see more of Dawn and the Teen Demon. This seems like someone that actually gets her. I mean like can and be cynical about family, which is what she needs. That yeah. was great makeup too. Yeah. Like that was great monster makeup with that teen demon. And the acting and was the, so good. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The nonchalance of him, yeah, exactly. He's he 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 just he seems like a uh don't care teenager. Yeah. And, and like, we just so rarely get to see Don hanging out with somebody her own age. Yeah, yeah. age appropriate. I also love the way that, like, uh, when uh, when shit gets real, he immediately runs yeah, away. He bounces so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, a lesson nobody in the Buffyverse has ever learned. <laughs> uh, so yep. this wedding is a problem from the beginning, but, man, 
if there's a fist fight at your wedding, your wedding is over. <laughs> Especially, say it again, a saloon brawl. Like your wedding is over. And the fact that this wedding keeps going, like it isn't immediately over after the first fight is crazy. Yeah, the <laughs> fact that when when that brawl expands to every single person, I'm like, are we in a Mel Brooks movie all of a sudden? Like, are we going to like push through to the stage doors and start fighting the other CW shows? Like, Dude, that would be a nice touch. <laughs> I just want to talk about the um, amazing... Uh, variety of monsters that we get in this yes. in this wedding this this wedding is uh the um it's the cantina bar of weddings right it's the you know um but i do want to call out my favorite which is this guy who's like because there's always like you know like they definitely brought out some of the like um past monster makeup pieces uh, that they kind of like you know did there uh for some of the background monsters um but my favorite is this dude who's just like a shitty dracula <laughs> like he just like <laughs> He just has like a cape and uh, like some beads or something, and then like the Dracula haircut, and he's just hanging out. I yeah, that would just kind of hard to describe severe. over the radio, but it's really, really, really good. <laughs> and then I there's like, like there's a couple that's just kind of gothy. <laughs> that's a nice I like time. the several uh, other vengeance demons that are yep. poking throughout. That's right. Um, a few other vengeance demons. None of them have quite the level of makeup as Hallie. Oh man, yeah. There are some really great looking background demons. Thank you, John, for bringing these, bringing these with to to the program. I could get lost in those all day. <laughs> this demon who tricks Xander, he turns out to be a philanderer, former philanderer. Um, he's a shapeshifter. So why did he choose to look like not old Xander? Why did he choose to be a character actor from the fifties? <laughs> It could have been like, you know, Xander and old man makeup. I kind of, I kind of bought it. I kind of felt like Xander could age into that weird face and, uh, no, I mean, I mean, the know. thing is, the thing is they have a, a literal body double for Xander Harris <laughs> that they could have put in old man makeup. Like there's a literal body double out there. Although I suppose it has to also pass muster that no one notices him. No, or no one, no one knows who he is until he explains himself. Yeah. And that we don't know. It's also important that the audience doesn't figure it out. Because that's like, you know, the enigma of the episode is who is this old man for like half of it. And they like kill this guy in front (laughs) of everybody and everyone applauds. (laughs) Xander does some quality violence. He clubs that dude with a column in the head. I don't think he's dead. Hey, so don't Anya and Xander live together? Haven't they experience what it's like to be together and they kind of like it like the idea that xander would walk away and like yes his family is a piece of shit like you know bring i would feel he would feel guilty probably just making anya connected to that in any way like the demon family is better than the human family guys if that's the real message here but uh this is such a sad direction to take the show no wonder you don't rewatch this season very much. This is like, <laughs> this is such a sad arc that at the end, the wedding that we've kind of been building up to and like whatever Anya Xander going to be, that it's just like, cool. Eh, I don't really like the direction for the show. Like, I don't like this one. So I'm sad for what happens next. Cause now it's like Xander and Anya have to like detach, but, and detang untangle. But like, this is sad. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's, um, and I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, 
that it's a general rule in any Joss Whedon show that no one can be happy for too long. <laughs> right? Yeah. You just gotta, you just gotta, oh no. Also, I, like, the very end is also rough to me in a way they don't even know, they don't even mention of, so Willow and Buffy are her bridesmaids, and then at mm-hmm. the end, they're being sad without Anya. Anya's not even included oh, yeah. in their grief. Like, that's, that's fucking tr- shitty, man. That's a good call, uh, Dennis. But, d- I didn't but didn't think they about say that, that she, she wanted to be alone, right? Didn't they? Then that yeah, what they, they said. Did, yeah. I don't know. I still think you guys like. Yeah. You make an effort. I don't know. You don't leave her vulnerable to the Hoffren. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I feel like uh, yeah, this is more of a Xander episode than an Anya episode, which is something. Yeah. Xander can go to his shitty, weird hotel where the guy who brings him into the room clearly wants something. Um, yeah, that was weird. Like, what, what, when do you go to a motel and the guy leads you to the room? Never heard of that. Well, in Hollywood, California. He goes in, he shows in the room. He's like, there's not a lot to explain. And you're like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's a hotel room. I don't need a manual. What? <laughs> Do you think that's the same motel where uh, Faith used to live? Um, Travis pointed out that uh, that was a motel, and this is actually a hotel because oh, okay, it had a hallway. Oh, right, good call. Okay, but I don't know if that landlord maybe wanted some something similar. <clears throat> um, all right, do you guys want to do questions for the group? Questions for the group. All right, I threw this one to you guys earlier in the Slack because I wanted you to have a chance to think of it because it's not not fair to just spring this on some guys. But future you shows up. What does future you have to tell now you to get you to believe that it's future you? Like, what's the least... I think, like, what's the least they have to do? Like, what's the... Ins- how do they get inside your head? I think the easiest thing to, to, to me would be to tell me all of, like, my secret body aches i don't i try not to complain about i feel like your back hurts a lot more than you let on (laughs) (laughs) take take it easy dennis (laughs) you don't like hot sauce as much as your public persona would lead people to believe oh then i'd definitely be like get out of here (laughs) Uh, all right he's still folks he's still maintaining this image that he's the ultimate hot sauce guy all right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, Dennis is definitely a hot sauce guy. Hey. Um, <laughs> you like the sauce? Oh, my God. Um, uh, this is a really lame answer, but I feel like it would be, you know, just sign into my Google accounts and shit. See, I thought about any kind of tech thing, but then it could be a hacker, right? Yeah. It could just be like somebody who's been webcamming me or some shit. Yeah, well, I mean, the good news—the good news for us is that most of our childhood is not was not in the digital domain, so like it's tough for them to figure out secrets from our childhood, right? Because there's no there's no uh, right. there's no digital trail. So, I think for us, and I don't want to say any of the secrets on the uh, podcast in case <laughs> there's just a, a hacker out there. So you you know you can't give out the code, right? I can't, you know, I'm just saying. So I think it's something of pre pre digital era secrets. I think that's probably where I would I would go. That so that's your answer pre digital secrets. So just secrets. Just tell you a secret real quick, and then it's like, all right, whatever you want. 
This is actually all a con on Michael's part to get us to uh, reveal our uh, password hints. Yeah, dude. Oh, please. I've got my secret. <laughs> I've been away. Under my skin. No, I just, ever since this is like, for me, this is that Bill and Ted moment in Excellent right. Adventure where like Bill and Ted's doubles show up and they're like, what number am I thinking of? 69, 69 dude. dudes. And I think like, as dumb as that is, if my future self was like, what number am I thinking of? And I'm like, 69 like i'm just in because that's such a dumb joke <laughs> i like i think that works for an entire generation i think that will work for all of you actually i think if, it, <laughs> if future you just says what number am i thinking of 69 it's just like <laughs> okay uh yeah and and then if you need another numeric joke follow-up it's like uh in a row how you know like and yeah. then you're like and then you say 37 and then the, you say it in a row, and that's like, the, and then you're like, cool, all right, what do we need to do? And it's like, all right, the power Listen plant? to Rufus. He's a good guy. <laughs> well, you've right. successfully proven that you're a nerd of my generation, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> all right, what kind of, yeah, what do we need to do to, uh, yeah, sabotage the power plant? Let's get to it. Poison the water supply? Yeah, let's get into it. Future me. Follow-up question. So Buffy uh, has this great moment where she entertains a wedding with juggling when she's got to <laughs> stall for some reason, which we didn't talk about this, but this is kind oh, of yeah. a delightfully weird moment. Sam Rochelle Geller can really juggle. It's a, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Right, yeah, you pointed that out, and like I would never even triggered me to think that juggling is a weird thing to know, but it is. You have to spend some time. That's a physical skill. Anyway, it's a thing. So if you have to entertain an audience at a wedding, 10 minutes, and it's just like, Dennis, John, Travis, whatever. It's like, we, just buy us some time. <laughs> I need 10 minutes. Oh, what do you no. do? What's your uh, entertaining an audience for 10 minutes skill? Uh, do I have a, a whiteboard and a Sharpie? Yes, you have whiteboard and Sharpie. You're going to draw on your whiteboard with Sharpie? <laughs> <laughs> and then and that's a wedding gift. I'll like take everybody's... And like, this is a reminder of our wedding and our time together. And I'll make like... You know, jokes while I'm drawing and stuff. Easy peasy. That's Maybe good. I w- that's good. <clears throat> I w- I could do. You could use a deception. Like you could take a fake Starbucks order. Like that takes forever for people to decide on what they want for like from Starbucks. Right. That's at least a twenty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right. So it's not your goal isn't to entertain, just to delay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you know it takes forever, and then and then you know people aren't waiting around for the wedding at that point. They're waiting around for their Starbucks. But you don't have to come back for the Starbucks. I mean, it gives you an out. Like, you can take a fake Starbucks order and never come back. Dude, that's so good. What do you guys want from Starbucks? And it's like, oh. That's good. As, as, a, as a teacher, my go-to is, like, um, like busy work worksheets. So just, like, give everybody worksheets. Um, or uh, as, like that at a wedding. As a camp counselor, there's always there's camp songs to uh, make waiting go a little faster. Lead everybody in a little bit of, uh, I am the music canter, I come from Schwabenland. That's a good one. Well, I got right. three here, guys. Charades, all right? Uh, spontaneous improv team comedy with me and the kids. I thought people love watching kids doing stuff. So I just pull the kids in to do a little improv. And then stand-up comedy, which is the most dangerous of the three, of course. Spontaneous stand-up. But people laugh just thinking you're going to tell a joke. So, like, it's crazy, especially with relatives. 
So like I've done spontaneous stand up for relatives that are like, Michael, you do stand up. Why don't you do some stand up? And like they're gone and I have not even started. Just the premise of someone you know doing stand up spontaneously. They're like, ah! and like also they cut you off. They don't even let you finish your jokes. You don't even have to tell a joke. You just have to start telling a joke and someone will interrupt you. It's great. So Buffy gets hit on by both Xander and his dad, which is you. Uh, and Willow makes suggestive flirts with both Tara and kind of Xander. Um, so my question is, do weddings make people horny? This is a real question. I don't know the answer to. Not me. <laughs> yeah, they've never made me particularly horny. Uh. Um, I, I mean, in, like, I mean, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to defend Xander, but if, I do feel like Xander's little joke, it, the way it was delivered didn't come off as gross to me personally. Like, it was more of, like, a little, little nudge to his friend. Like, hey, remember when I used to be a creep? Yeah. I agree, because um, there was clearly no intent behind it. Yeah. Um, uh, it's similar. I'm just, similar I'm, just adding up, I'm just adding up these things. And it's got to be super weird for Buffy to have been hit on by two members of the same family in the same day. Yeah. <laughs> That's a rough day. Yes. No, I mean, no other answers for I mean, I think the answer is sort of like, yeah, sort of. I mean, it's like a celebration of hope. And it's an optimistic kind of celebration. We have so few of them. How often do you get people together for anything? I think, like, just being around people, the vibe's usually good, right? We're all kind of, like, you know, enjoying, like, this uh, celebration of love, right? If it's a good match, you know, you're, like, kind of excited for them. So you have some good feelings inside. If it's a bad match, you're like, ooh, you have some weird feelings inside. you got feelings, right? And there's not many times when you get to feel the feelings. So anything that brings out those kind of things... And then you add alcohol, and then it's like, you actually get to talk about someone else's relationship with this easy prompt of like, oh, they're a good couple or a bad couple together. You're already thinking about relationships. So I think like, yeah, like, horny, it makes you think about people, relationships, and like, we're always one second away from thinking about sex. So, I mean, I think it just brings, makes sex into a conversation. Uh, and it then it depends on the vibe of the wedding, right? Like, church weddings, I would say like, probably there's negative, minus five to any horny feelings. But, uh, you know, I've, re- I've only been to a handful of church weddings. Most have been a- a non-traditional, cool venues like the beach or some kind of broken down urban structure. I mean, just so just random, you know, whatever people get married. So I'm going to say yes to the horniness. All right. Travis, do you want to weigh in or should we move on? All right. <laughs> um, and this is like just main characters got married. Why did Giles not show up? Um, yeah, I mean, they didn't, but like, you know, surely he was invited to the wedding. Uh, it just feels yeah. like this should have been a, like, if they were really going to, maybe that was a clue that they weren't really going to get married. Cause if they were really going to get married, Giles should have <laughs> showed up. Right. I Dude, feel I like, didn't even if, notice. It's amazing. If it were Buffy, he definitely would have shown up. If it were Willow, he probably would have. But the fact that it's Xander. But it's Anya, eh. his business partner. Yeah. How progressive of him. <laughs> I mean, I think he's got... Yeah. What an asshole. You, good point, dude. He's definitely invited to this wedding that he didn't show up for. I think that's all the questions. Let's get deep. Deep stuff. Oh, okay. So I guess uh, my deep stuff was, I think there's two things. One is like, you know, the fear, uh, this is very uh, Gen Y millennial, the fear of like, of uh, repeating your parents' uh, 
marriage mistakes. Um, there, there's that. And also the fear of becoming like your father. This is a Xander episode more than an Anya episode because we don't know Anya's parents. So that's kind of also mixed in with that. And then, of course, you know, you have like the ultimate male fear of like unbridled testosterone, right? Um, and uh, that's always in the back of, uh, you know, that's always sort of a, a general fear that you could have. And then, of course, you know, you combine that with a, a, a horrible marriage or a mistake. Um, so there's, there's, there's a lot of what I'd say legitimate type fears going on in this episode. So I can definitely respect, uh, respect the, tr- respect the trauma, uh, that Xander goes through. Thanks, Travis. Yeah. I think it's, it's the connected to the, the cliche that people say about not being able to love other, somebody else until you love yourself. Right. Like Xander can't commit to this relationship because he doesn't think he's capable of it. It's a bummer. Yeah, he doesn't. He hasn't really. He hasn't really outgrown like the uh, uh, the effects of his of the of his upbringing, right? Yeah, he, he's not really. He's not ready to get married. I mean, plainly, this episode's really just about someone who is what twenty one. <laughs> yeah, and he's just not ready to get married. Yeah. Although, although that that's the only thing that bugs me about the end of the episode. It's as much as they focus on this, you know, this glimpse into the future, like bottom line is this guy was not ready to get married. And the episodes where he's chowing down on potato chips, like are just an, an obvious, like flashing red flag. It's like, no, no, do not get married. You are not ready for marriage at age 21. Especially, with, to, especially with your emotional baggage. It's weird to think probably by the second flashback, that's like around the year we're at now, right? <laughs> and there's like an element of pre-crime but like they don't really de- delve into pre-crime <laughs> but that would have been a really way way cool way to have gone with the episode oh Man, yeah tom dude. tom cruise comes in busting for a murder that's gonna happen in like 40 years well that would disperse the whole wedding right like you know time time cop busts in and says that like i'm here to arrest a criminal for a crime they're about to commit or like they'll commit in the year 2020, like all those demons be taken off, you know, also everyone's suspicious now. And then just interrogate everyone, get them in the interrogate Terratron that sees their future and <laughs> finds a crime they're going to commit and then throws them in through a dimensional portal into like some demon jail and just grab one human for that. And then a couple demons and like, and then Buffy can break up, break up the machine or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're getting real deep in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's it's weird. It's also very one-sided, right? Because it, it's like Anya has zero fears of marriage, which is just kind of like a strange... Rough to, to, see, strange. To, to know this is coming is to like see when she does have fears, how Xander calms them. And like, you're like, Xander is acting like he like knows that this is the good decision and he's clearly the one who backs out like it, it makes watching like the next the episodes right before this rougher right when xander says he's afraid of the wedding but not afraid of the marriage to anya in um the last episode when he's talking about nick and nora fury uh like that kind of makes that whole scene a lie uh yeah good call dennis that's true because that was a really nice scene yeah it was all right. Do you guys want to move on to recommendations or do we want to keep getting deep? I mean, I feel like I, there's something that we do want to say that we're not saying. I don't know, just about how pivotal and sad this is. It's just such a dark read for this universe. And I think what you were saying about women like Anya just wants to get married. Like 
there's a cynical portrayal of women as people that just want to get married in this that don't experience doubt that's kind of sad like it's a sad version it feels like definitely a misogynistic universe where a male is ultimately deciding whether that's things are going to happen and like this is such a disaster for xander to step in like you know it really wrecks both houses when you do that like this is people are supposed to come together like it's kind of like you unfollowed everybody on twitter i mean you're just you deactivate your facebook account i mean this is like this is life-ending stuff to do like a relationship destroying it sounds like the buffy gang will still tolerate xander after this but like this is such a destructive thing to do and stupid i mean but i guess it's also <laughs> someone needs to tell xander that divorce exists <laughs> if you get married and it sucks like you know it's not the end of the world <laughs> you don't have to stay into murder do, her <laughs> till death do us part <laughs> that's the solution all right guys i'm gonna call it all i'm right. gonna move into rex recommendations so my number one rec for this episode is the todd browning movie freaks because uh, that movie is awesome and it's about circus folk uh and everything that i feel like everything that this movie is there that this episode is saying about circus folk is in freaks the like yeah the hate the hate that the outside world gets and the fact that they are like a um the people the people you meet in the movie are like uh people with a rich tradition uh i got the shirt on right now whoa <laughs> it's freaking dope i love it um uh and it really like it really does a good job of like it presents the freak show and at first you're an outsider to it and but by the time like you get to the third act you're in them you're in their world and you feel the betrayal that they feel and it's really good and it's um if you know the Ramones song and stuff, you'd, if you know Google Gobble, we accept you, one of us. That's what the, the, this movie is where that's from. Um, so that's a huge wreck. Um, I'm also recommending Blazing Saddles because of that giant brawl. <laughs> uh, and I am recommend. I was like, you know what? Mo- movies about weddings, there's a billion of them, but they're really not my forte. Um, so it took me a while to, to pick like a... Uh, a real wedding movie. So I picked ready or not. Um, the 2019, uh, horror movie about uh, a woman played by Samara. What's her name? Weaving or something. Uh, she gets married to this board game billionaires. Mm-hmm. This like, uh, and then has to survive a night as they play a murder game on, on her. And the movie was really good. Super enjoyed it. Uh, we're also going to recommend radar men from the moon because yeah. old man Harris st- starred as commando Cody. Uh, this is an old Republic serial movie serial used to play in the theaters back before the feature. Uh, super enjoyable. Uh, if you ever want to entertain kids for uh, a half hour every Saturday for a couple years, play them some old serials. <laughs> All right. Um, do we want to do where do we go from here now and then predictions? Where do we go? from here all right so my where do we go from here concept is it's called highbrow lowbrow so every week we would watch or do something highbrow and something lowbrow and talk about it like for instance watch a criterion film and then eat a mexican pizza at taco bell and then we make fun of each other for our poor taste and for what we think 
good taste is. Um, and it wouldn't have to be never-ending commitment. We just do it till uh, quarantine ends. I really like this idea. Uh, I like the idea of uh, yeah doing the highbrow thing simultaneously with the lowbrow thing. Like we're gonna um, yeah we're gonna listen to opera while we eat pork cracklins. All right. Well, you're combining it. Like I, I yeah they can be combined <laughs> yeah. totally. Like like that same time. Yeah. Or just yeah review a highbrow thing and review a lowbrow. Are thing. pork cracklins the same thing as pork rinds? I think so. I don't know. I mean, I don't, eat either, I don't eat. I don't eat either one. I have no idea. I get uh, chicharrones from the Mexican markets. They're really good. Are they? Yeah, that's more of a pork rind. Yeah, cracklins might be pork fat that's fried, but either way, it's it's very close. See, look, I'm already very engaged. I'm like, I want to talk <laughs> about these pork rinds. Well, it's, you, it's like Dennis, you can't keep eating pork rinds as your lowbrow thing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's supposed to change. You're like, oh no, these are a different brand of pork rinds. You know, <laughs> I'm going through the whole catalog, man. I mean, there's an idea for a podcast right there: pork rind review show. Okay, well, I'm opposed to pork rind review show. I mean, I think like I don't think there's much. You, I don't think you can make a whole show out of pork rinds. I can't even get access to. I guess the internet. Oh, dude, yeah. you could definitely make a show. You don't think you can get pork rinds? Yeah, you can, Mike. You buy them at the store. No, no, I just, I, I feel like I would run out. Like, if you just said chips, right, that aisle is, that's a whole aisle. I could do that for years. Pork rinds, it feels like there's just only a couple, maybe one bag per store. They don't really carry them. I must be living in, like, a high pork rind concentration city. <laughs> well, the, this, the, I think this, the, the, this, the, this, the Mexican grocery store, or the Latino, that they definitely oh, okay. like okay. Okay, but to get back to your actual idea, hit me with hit me with another highbrow lowbrow combo. Sure. Well, okay. I mean, I, I I think maybe understanding the why of it. I feel like the way we attack Buffy, for instance, right? We are definitely it's like a lowbrow entertainment, right? Or or is it? And we treat it like it's a highbrow entertainment, and that bothers people. Like you're reading too deep into this thing. Like, dude, I choose how I want to review the text. Okay, that's my thing. So I think like we already are naturally going to attack things in a certain way. So it's like it almost we could choose one thing and we have a highbrow, lowbrow, you know, connection to it. And I think we're always running into that. Like Dennis, you know, love with monsters and com- like we all love comics. Right. But like you kind of live in that highbrow, lowbrow sensibility where you're like, I just like the art and I like the way this looks or makes me feel. But you're you can still put words onto that. And OK, so what's another combo? So, for instance, I'm I'm what I'm. I'm trying to watch the Criterion films in Spine Order, which is crazy. So Seven Samurai. That felt kind of like a highbrow experience to me because it was hard to get through. <laughs> I still really enjoyed it. But like it was a struggle to get through that. And then it's awesome, right? Fucking Seven Samurai. And then like I still love my lowbrow bullshit. Uh, so f- I'm also reading this comic called uh, <laughs> My Balls, which is just totally <laughs> lowbrow. Probably the worst comic. <laughs> but it is amazing. I would love to talk about my balls. <laughs> this comic is about... We have that on tape now. Uh, yeah, well, the, the comic, that's like what it translates as. I'm just going to tell you the premise of this because you would be like, oh my God, this anime. They're manga, right? So it's uh, a demon spirit that's going to destroy humanity, gets trapped in a virgin high school student's balls, and if he ejaculates, it gets out. So he can't ejaculate. And, it, <laughs> and it's just like, it's. and as soon as that premise happens, you're like, oh, high school got weirdly hard for this guy? It's just like... Then it's all these demons that are trying to seduce him and all these other problems. And you're like, and then the girl that wouldn't talk to him now wants to talk to him because of the weird energy he's given off. And you're just like, this is, this is anime. This is fucking amazing. 
but it's too lowbrow to talk about. I mean, it's just, it's dementedly lowbrow. How many issues are there of this manga? Uh, it came out 2011. I think it just ran for two and a half years or something like that. So only 150 issues. <laughs> I, I don't know when it ended. I, it hasn't ended yet. I keep like they finished with the central problem and now there's other problems that have been created. So I'm yeah, I'm reading some lowbrow stuff right now. Uh, when Yoda was over, he dropped off like six copy, six issues of this book series called like um, I was a redneck white trash uh, zombie or something. Um, so I'm like reading this. And the thing is, tra- uh, 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 sorry, Yoder really pushes me to like, if he thinks I'm going to enjoy something, he doesn't let it go until I start reading it. So like, now nah, I'm reading it. Um, <laughs> but it's too lowbrow to talk about because it's so dumb and it's like tr- very trashy. And it's like, so yeah, I would talk about that in an episode of lowbrow. Oh, so maybe the- it sounds like we just want to talk about our lowbrow stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like... Forget the highbrow. We can make a highbrow out of lowbrow. Well, I like the idea, though, that like you, you, uh, the idea of pairing it with a highbrow activity. So you're going to read my balls and, uh, you know, have some truffle oil on your pasta. No, I, I think, I think drop the pairing. I think like, I think just an excuse to explore lowbrow stuff is, is the best. And if there's a variety of it, and then we only go as deep as we want to into the lowbrow thing. How many YouTube channels you're just like, oh, I don't know. This is kind of. It's kind of weird. Like, you can do whatever kind of subjects, I think, in it. Yeah. And, like, the entertainment value is based on kind of being a little bit trashy, which, like, guys, I think part of the entertainment value of Buffy is it's a little bit trashy. Hot take. Wow. We'll see what the audience thinks of that. What a virgin take, right? (laughs) Come back to me when you're not a Buffy virgin. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You've only seen over 100 episodes of it. Yeah. But that 149th episode changes everything. You're finally going to get it, dude. <laughs> <I'm gonna> under- <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of finally going to get it, let's do predictions. Virgin Predictions. Okay. Um, this is a uh, highly uh, prediction-heavy episode. We have a lot of predictions that are addressed here because I feel like this is something we've been building up to, so there's a lot of predictions to talk about. Um, it made me uh, go through and expand our spreadsheet a bit to figure out what was the uh, episode that had the most predictions addressed in it, if that makes any sense, um, which randomly is, uh, I believe, let me double-check this, Season five, episode twenty-two. That's not random at all. It's the end of uh, end of season five. The gift is uh, the the episode that addressed the most predictions. Uh, in that, it addressed twenty-one separate predictions. But uh, it also, I also was able to calculate. This is uh, really fun for everyone, I'm sure. I was able to calculate what is the most predictable episode of Buffy, which I thought was uh, kind of an interesting statistic. Meaning, um, where your ratio of correct predictions to incorrect predictions was the highest. So the most predictable episode of Buffy turns out to be season six, episode one. Oh, because oh. I think Michael sense. knew that Buffy was coming back and so on. Uh, so it kind of makes sense. But uh, if you look at, uh, I believe it's sheet five in the spreadsheet, you can kind of see some statistics on uh, how predictable each individual episode of Buffy has turned out to be. 
Moving on, uh, Michael, your current accuracy overall is a 64.16%, and your accuracy for season six is a 74.07, less than a one percentage point behind your um, best ever uh, prediction ep- uh, season, which was season two. So we, we, it may be that we have, we have a lot to address here that you knock this up and season six may become your most successful season yet. So we'll see. Okay, so uh, way back, season two, episode 16, Michael predicts that people will remember being in love with Xander. Uh, of course, uh, Willow recalls her crush on Xander uh, from the past. Does anyone else? I guess that's not people. But it's still just person. Uh, in our last episode, we had the same uh, distinction be made. Um, people have not remembered being in love with Xander. <laughs> only person. Only only Willow. So moving on. Uh, season two, episode 22. Uh, Michael predicts Xander is not going to become a bad guy for more than one episode. So I only bring this up because arguably Xander is now a bad guy. I think what he does in this episode is pretty shitty. <laughs> Yeah, and we already kind of called him the bad guy in Once More with Feelings. So this is two episodes where he's the bad guy. Xander is not going to become the bad guy for more than one episode. I take this as more than one episode in a row. Yeah, that's not in the text. (laughs) Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Dennis. I hear what you're saying. Uh, Yeah. For more than one episode means for a duration of more than one episode. What do you think, Travis? I don't I don't think he's really a bad guy, to be honest. Yeah. I think he's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. Like he's not a villain, but he's being a bad human. Isn't he the villain to uh Anya in this? If we take Anya's point of view. Yeah. He proposed. <laughs> True. <laughs> he told her it was a good idea. He continually kept telling her that the marriage is gonna be good and shit. He led her on this wild goose chase i i feel like it's dodgy to try to deny this one on the grounds that uh he's been a bad guy in this one and in the musical episode i think we have to leave this one open but uh zooming ahead a bit season four episode three uh michael predicted that xander and anya will have a horrible breakup that will have a horrible consequence beyond the two of them um so i think we need to this is one where I'm just sort of bringing the prediction up, not to confirm or deny it, but just keep an eye on this one. Um, they've definitely seemed to have had a horrible breakup. Um, whether or not it has horrible consequences beyond the two of them, I think kind of remains to be seen, but it certainly uh, is uh, seems that way that may happen with our, our, our coda there with the Hoffren. Uh, okay, uh, season four, episode nine. Okay, the Hoffren will return in a future plot twist. I think that one is easily confirmed. What do you guys say? <laughs> yes. Okay. Future plot yeah. twist. Holy shit. That one just yeah. that easy to interpret. Oh. Okay. Insert dokey. plot twist. Season four, episode nine. Michael predicted that Anya is going to get DeHoffren's calling card token from Willow. I don't that think that happened. seems to I, not have happened. I think it didn't need to happen. It, was, it didn't um, need to happen. Yeah. So do you want to go ahead and deny this now? Yeah. It, okay. Right. So the calling card token uh, being this thing that you need to summon to Hoffren, correct? Um, and it turns out that Anya doesn't need that because de Hoffren calls you. So that one he is denied. Demons. <laughs> okay. Uh, season five, episode seven, Michael predicted no more reindeer games. Uh, I bring this up only because if this were there were an episode um, for the chaos demon to reappear this would have been a great one and he didn't uh i mean he could still so this one stays open but i just wanted to bring that one up i wondered why that was up partially because i keep forgetting what no more reindeer games means (laughs) (laughs) 
No More Reindeer Games refers uh, implicitly to the, the Chaos Demon who has reindeer horns covered in slime, of course. Although, I mean, you know, because we, we do, you know, we are textualists when it comes to interpreting these predictions. So it is possible that there might be other kinds of reindeer games that may occur in the future that would cause that to be confirmed or denied. So we'll see. Okay, uh, season five, episode 21, Michael predicted that Faith will not be invited to Xander and Anya's <laughs> wedding. Now, that's true. That well, we don't know if she was invited. She, uh, she may not have been able to. Go. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're going to confirm that one. God damn it! Show me the guest list. <laughs> John John has had has had the guest list on several different occasions, and Faith's name. Had well, there was there was a there was a, a seating, seating chart. There wasn't. But that, uh, there wasn't really a, a seating a, a seating chart list. is also a guest list. I suppose so. Okay. Uh, it's not a complete guess. Season six, episode two, Michael predicts that Anya and Xander aren't going to get married. That is confirmed. Sure, also that was season two? two? That was a season two prediction? No, that was Se- season, season six. six. Season oh, okay. six, episode two. Yeah, That would, would be, be an really amazing weird. season two prediction. Yeah, if he predicted that in season two, when we, we would have been like, who's Anya? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Uh, okay, season six, episode ten. Michael predicts Xander and Anya's wedding happens in season six. So I, 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 the wedding does not actually happen, right? So we have to deny this one, right? Okay. The wedding episode happens. The wedding episode <laughs> happens, but the wedding doesn't happen. Okay. So all right. Wait, wait. You're denying this because this is... the wedding doesn't happen. They don't they, get married. There is a wedding. a wedding. Oh, there is a wedding, but a there's wedding? not. All right, this is how do we def- how do we define wedding? Is the wedding the event? Yeah, because it's not leading. Okay. Like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, yeah, it's not the the marriage will happen. It's the wedding will happen. Right? Okay. Okay. I'll I'll accept that. We'll confirm that one. Very well. Very well. Jeez, I, I no, thought you for just sure we were going to deny that. It. Oh, I thought, I think, to me it seemed cut. It. To me it seemed cut and dry that if no one gets married, there's no wedding. But I guess, I guess I'm I guess that's that's a minority opinion. I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Season six, episode 11, Michael predicts Spike and Buffy are going as dates to Xander and Anya's wedding. Well, that one's definitely denied. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, Season six, episode 11, Michael predicts that we will meet Uncle Rory at Xander and Anya's wedding. Well done, sir. That's an impressive, that's an impressive confirmation there. Uh, Here's a super prediction from season six, episode 11. Someone will come forward during Anya's wedding during the speak now or forever hold your peace moment. That does not, uh, it spiritually occurs, but it does not literally happen. So I think that one, that super prediction is denied. Okay. Uh, Halfrek, a.k.a. Hallie, will have a toast at the wedding. She doesn't seem to have a toast at the wedding. She She's there. Uh, Xander's dad has a toast that he uh, sort of appoints himself to do, but uh, Hallie doesn't seem to have a toast. So that's I bet if they made it to the reception, there would have been a toast. Okay, uh, season six, episode 12. Uh, Michael makes a super prediction that the double meat palace does not cater Anya and Xander's wedding. <laughs> that, I suppose, is confirmed. And it's a super prediction. Well done, Michael. <laughs> season six, episode 14. Uh, Michael predicts that Halfrek is still invited to the wedding. She clearly was. She's there. No problem. So that's confirmed. And finally, season six, episode 15, just our last episode, Michael predicted that at least one human and one demon develop a relationship at Anya and Xander's wedding. I'm inclined to confirm this one. 
uh, yeah. because uh, Xander has a cousin uh, who ends up dating uh, the uh, demon gentleman. Um, I, they don't necessarily end up together, but it's implied, right? There's a lot of energy. Yeah, I'm going to confirm yeah. that one. Crow I would even I would even say, like, we don't know what's happening with Don and little demon boy. Oh, yeah. good call. That's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah, so, yeah, between the two of those, definitely the confirmation there. So, uh, what that buys us here is uh, 12 predictions addressed overall. So, um, not quite our most uh, prediction addressing episode, but I believe it comes in third place uh, as the third most predictions addressed in a single episode. Uh, Michael had eight predictions confirmed and four denied. But one's a super. And one is a super, absolutely. Uh, thus, uh, Michael's uh, scores actually end up going down because that's lower than his average to this point. Uh, therefore, his uh, overall accuracy is a 63.97 at this point, And his accuracy for season six is a 72.73. All right, more predictions incoming. Can't help myself. Anya resumes her vengeance demoning in season six. Let me spell demoning instead of demeaning. Thank you, Google. Uh, so clearly set up. She's going to resume her vengeance demoning. I want to see what that looks like. Uh, no more marriages in season six of Buffy. We're tired of them. <laughs> I'm exhausted by this one wedding I fake attended. Um, <laughs> Anya and Halfric team up in season six. That's right. Vengeance demons working together. Do I need to go into more detail about what that team up looks like? No. no. Anya and Xander don't get back together in season six. That's not where this goes. I'm concerned, though, about this prediction because I could see magic being used to bring them back together for one episode and then not working. But I, I I'm going to say onions later don't re, don't permit don't reunite. Uh, How about don't for real? Don't for real reunite <laughs> in season six. Okay, cool. <laughs> Everybody knows what that means. That's super logical, easy to interpret. Super prediction. Xander's going to be seriously injured. You know why? Because we have to feel like right now everyone hates Xander. The only way Xander's getting back is if he does some serious self-sacrifice. And we need a Cordelia season two level injury. All right. Was it season two where she like fell and got impaled? Yeah. We need something like that for Xander. Okay. Very good. Will these come true? There's only one way to know. Keep watching Buffy. And Buffy Virgin. Never stop. <laughs> Never stop. Watch it for years. <laughs> um, all right. I think that's it, guys. I've been your host, Dennis St. John. I'm at Dennis Comics, D-E-N-I-S-C-O-M-I-X. That is Twitter, Instagram, dot com. Uh, I have a uh, Patreon, Dennis St. John, D-E-N-I-S-S-T-J-O-H-N where I'm posting monster comics and I'm working on a new graphic novel as of last week, which is Woo! crazy. Um, so by the time this airs, there'll be more info on that and where I'm on in that process. Um, and I want to thank you one and all for listening and talking to us at Buffy Virgin. Don't forget to rate us and review us and subscribe. And you can watch us on our YouTube or wherever you watch podcasts or listen to them. Our Twitter is at BuffyVirginPod and Instagram is BuffyVirgin. Uh, you can check us out at BuffyVirgin.com. Reach out. We love to hear from you. We'll see you in hell. <laughs>